Greetings, greetings, greetings. You are now tuned in to No Pork and All Pearls, podcast for manifestation, a podcast for self-actualization, and a podcast that equips you with the tools to help you live your life by design and not by default. I'm going to take time to thank the originators, the ancestors, because if it wasn't for them, there would be no me. I want to take this time to thank all the light workers for giving the ultimate sacrifice, giving themselves. And I want to thank each and every one of you, the listeners who take time to tune in and to pass the word about the podcast. I do this for you and for those who will come in the future who will be seeking this information and who could find value in this information. I just want to say that this episode is going to be fun episode for me, you know, something to kind of just lighten the mood up a little bit, and it was inspired from a lot of those recent Instagram battles, the battles between the, the artists, the battles that are basically sponsored by Timberland and Switch Beats. It's called the IG Versus series. Well, tonight, I'm going to do my own version of a Versus. And we're going to have a prayer Versus. <laughs> and the prayer Versus is going to be basically biblical scriptures which is going to be Matthews 6 and 7. Matthews chapter 6, verse 7, verses 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. <laughs> Matthews 6, verse 7, verses 1 Thessalonians verse 17 so it's going to be a pretty interesting battle and the battle is basically about praying and you got Matthews 6 and verse 7 says that You should not pray using vain repetitions. And then in 1 Thessalonians, you have the verse saying that you should pray without ceasing. <laughs> so I think that's going to be a very interesting battle. But before we get into tonight's episode, I just wanted to say a few things. I wanted to say a few things about the state of what's going on and just 
where I'm at now at this point, it's like I see how the weapon or the pandemic is fear. And I see how fear is being used to basically divide the people and separate the people. You have not only people that's afraid that's being manipulated and being basically herded around like cattle or chattel, however you want to use it. It's really the same word. Chattel and cattle is the same word. But it's not only the, the individuals that's being manipulated to do things like wear masks and to stay six feet apart from other people, social distancing, and not be around people, period. It's not those people that's the only ones being manipulated, but it's also some of the other individuals who are angry at the individuals who are uninformed and who are afraid. The so-called conscious people that's smart, they are angry at the people that don't have the information. And they're putting themselves against those people. Like, like they're the opposition because of people like them. But it's not those people that are the opposition. Those people are being led astray and those people are being handled because of their lack of knowledge and because of their non-connection to nature because they're not completely connected to nature and they don't truly have the guidance and the support from um, nature because clearly nature is not leading them into the direction or many of them are getting the information from nature to not do those things but because they are afraid or they're not in a position where they can't get the resources that they need they're basically succumbing to the pressure of doing these things, even though they're unnatural things and it's things that's actually harming them and it's not helping them. It's not, it's not helping you to not be connected to other people because you can't be your best when you're not connected to others. You can do a lot on your own, definitely. But you can be at your ultimate best when you connect it to others, especially when you connect it to others that's on the same frequency as you are. And then also when you cover your mouth and your nose and you're not able to release the carbon that your body is trying to release, but you're actually breathing it back in, it's equivalent of you sitting in a garage with your car running and you just got the car just running and all the carbon dioxide is just coming out of the muffler and 
the garage is filling with all this car, man. And if you just sit in there in the garage with the car on, you know, just I don't think it'll be a good thing that happens if you just stay in there for an extended period of time. I could be wrong. I've never tried it. And I'm not going to try it. I don't want to try it because I know the body is not supposed to breathe in carbon. We're supposed to expel carbon. But many people are subjected to having to do these things because they need supplies. They need their paychecks. They need whatever whatever it is that they're in need of. So they're doing what they have to do. And I salute those of you who are trying to survive and doing the best that you can do to survive. I salute you. You know why? Because that's the first rule of nature. That's the first rule of nature. Survival. So you got to do what you got to do. But those individuals who have the, the knowledge and the resources to help others, those of you who are not taking the information you have and you're not putting things in place to make a place of refuge for these people to go or you're not creating something to help these individuals who are in need, then how are you any better than than these individuals? You looking at them as if like you just need them to get out of the way because they're so dumb or so ignorant. But that's not what love does. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't dictate that. Love dictates that you help those in need. You help those in need because we're all one. Now, individuals who refuse your help, individuals who don't want your help, individuals who are arrogant and ignorant, that's a whole nother, nother um, category. And those individuals are meeting they just do. Because if they're wicked within and they're arrogant and ignorant and they're just like so obnoxious to the point where they would rather harm themselves than to receive assistance or help from you, then that's something different. But for individuals who are basically sleeping gods, they don't know their potential, they don't know who they are, and they got good hearts and they have good intentions, but they're just misled, they're miseducated, they're misdirected. Those individuals, those are individuals who are candidates who can do better if they were to know better. But if they're not in a position where they're safe or where they're comfortable, they really can't hear anything from you because they're in survival mode. And the body knows two things. It knows fight and it knows flight. It knows if I'm back in the corner, I'm going to fight. Because that's basically the fear. The fear kicks in. And it causes the individual to have adrenaline, adrenaline surge. And then you get to the point where you're going to do whatever you need to do to survive. But when you're in that fight or flight mode, and the adrenaline is out, it sets your immune system down because basically it's trying to do whatever it takes 
to have you to survive. So the blood goes away from your stomach because that's really where your immune system is, is located in your stomach area. But it goes away from your stomach and it goes to all your outer limbs and your hormones are is, is, um, released and it gives you the strength you need to fight or it gives you the speed you need to fight, to run, you know? So that's basically human nature. That's what happens naturally. So that's why you should bring peace. It said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will inherit the earth. We have to remain at peace because whenever you remain at peace, that's when you can have clear thought, you can have clear revelations, you can manifest properly, and you can do things that will bring forth a solution when you're at peace. And when you're at peace, that's when you can cause everything else to be still. And you can cause everything else around you to become at peace. But you first must be at peace within. That's why the great master teacher taught that if you can control the storm within, then the storm without won't affect you. You must first control the storm within. But many people, they can't understand the value of others for whatever reason. You know, they just don't think that individuals are valuable. But I know that all of us are valuable because we were all created for a purpose and we were all created for something. And to lose anyone is harmful to me, you know. So I know the fact of the matter is it's a time of purging. It's a time that things that no longer serve this planet must be released and those things must go away just like leaves on a tree it's a time when they must fall away i understand that i respect that and i know what it is but the love i have in my heart for humanity and for this planet it causes me to want to make sure that the people have what they need to make informed decisions. And I want to see them prosper in every area of their lives. So we must learn how to value one another, whether we like them or not. We, we need to know that people, people are valuable. And it's better that you understand who you are than to be understood by others. And what I mean by that is that many times others may look at you as a threat and they may think that what you're doing is something that's foolish or, or is something that is unnecessary. And that's only because they don't understand what you're doing. But as long as you understand what it is that you're doing and you set your intentions and you manifest whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish then 
that's really the true goal. The true goal is to manifest solution. And I'm calling all of my brothers and my sisters to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. So stay tuned tonight to No Pork and All Pearls, and we'll be back with prayer verses, Matthews 6 and 7, verses 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. And we're back to No Pork and All Pearls, and tonight we are doing our versus challenge and <laughs> the title is prayer verses and then it's matthews six and seven verses first thessalonians five and seventeen but the word play and the irony is verses prayer verses <laughs> and it's two verses of scripture that's dealing with prayer. So that's basically how the title came came up. And the first scripture that we would like to dive into is Matthews 6 and verse 7. And that verse basically reads as follows. It says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking okay so that's a lot to unpack in that scripture it's a very short scripture but it's a lot the first thing that we want to look at is saying that, and let's let's look at this. Let's go with this too. Now, last week when I was talking about the year of jubilee, I was talking about why I chose to come out of the Jewish text, and I was saying that when you're dealing with the Jewish text, they are law abiders they follow the law to the t to the letter and when you're dealing with protestants protestants are basically the anti-catholics they are members who are claiming to be christians but they are protesters to the catholic laws, doctrines, statutes, methods, all those things. They are protesters. So it's very interesting that this following verse, the Matthews chapter 6 and verse 7, that's actually one of the verses that the Protestants cling to when they use. Now, just to do a summary of one of the common themes in which 
the Protestant use when talking about this scripture is they're basically saying to not repeat the same prayers like many of them don't repeat the same prayers over and over again because they consider that as vain repetition and especially when you're doing prayers in public or I think they call it like corporate prayers in a corporate prayer situation they don't believe that you should do any type of recited prayer or a prayer that is not, how should I say it, a prayer that's not authentic, meaning a prayer that does not come from the heart. But they equate that with if you were to come up there and pray the same prayer every time, they would say that you're not being authentic and that that is vain repetition and that you are just saying these prayers just to be heard. And that comes from this scripture, Matthew 6 and 7. Because it says in there, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. And it says, and they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. Now that can be interpreted in so many different ways. It can, it can mean that because they're up in front of everybody and they just want to show off with their words and they're using a lot of words. They're basically being blasphemous you know and it's just for show and then many people think that if you are reciting something if you have something that you're reading from and you're just reciting it over and over and over again that that's not authentic because that's not something that is coming from your heart and it's funny because I've came across individuals who would not participate in prayer because of who may be praying. They were like, oh no, um, I can't let that individual pray for me for whatever reason. And it's not something that I debate like, you know, well, you know, they don't want somebody to pray for them because they don't like the individual, they don't care for the individual's lifestyle, or they don't believe in the individual's, um, I guess, theology or doctrine or their point of view or whatever it is, you know. So they refuse to participate in those prayers because they're like, nah, I don't want to be a part of that. But then they hear someone that is doing that old school praying, you know, down on their knees and they hooping and they hollering and they sweating, they working up a sweat and, you know, they just like, the old Baptist preaching, praying, that, 
type of praying or whatever. Many people, they can get with that because they like, now see, I can feel that prayer. That's real. That's something real right there. But let's look at, let's look at the breakdown of what vain repetitions are. Let's first look at the word vain. And we're going to look at the word vain first in Webster's. And then we're going to go to the origin of that word. But in Webster, vain is defined as an adjective. And then it's from the Latin word vanos. Vanus. Vanus which means empty. But it says, having no real value, it's idle, worthless. Then it says it's fruitless, unsuccessful. It says that it's foolish or silly. And then it says having or showing undue or excessive pride in one's appearance or Achievements. It means conceited. Now that's what Webster says about vain. If we go to our Latin dictionary and we look up the word banus or banus, vanus, vanus, it's defined as empty, vacant, groundless. Pointless, hollow, unreal, lying, false, boastful, conceited, emptiness, uselessness, deceptive appearance. All those terms are terms for vanus, uh, venus. So we know that repetitions mean to do these things repeatedly. So when it's talking about vain repetitions, it's basically talking about empty prayers. It's not necessarily talking about the words that you're using or using too many words is saying using words that's useless or they're not intentional or words that has no substance behind it and what gives your word substance what gives your word substance is when you believe those words in your heart when those words lined up with your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts in your mind and your thoughts in your heart, what you actually believe, you have faith behind it, you have a strong sense or feeling behind those words. That's what make those words have value and those words have meaning, your belief in those words. So if you were just up there saying something because this is something that you remember 
and you're just repeating what it is that you remember, those words are empty because those words are not coming from your heart. Those words are not coming from a place that's centered and a place that's, that's balanced or a place of power. Those words are just being recited. But when you have intentions behind your words, and many of us, we've been in a situation where we may have been angry and we may have said something and it could have been something that you've been holding in or suppressing for a long time. And someone pushed their button and that word came out and it, it was released. And you've seen the reaction of the individual who was the recipient of those words. Because many times if it was a hurtful word or a harmful word, you could see the hurt on them when you release this word. Or if it was a word that was pleasant and it was something you didn't want the individual to know, but you was trying to suppress it and you released it. Like, for instance, like you told someone that you loved them, maybe for a long time. You never told the individual that you loved them and that you had love for them or you were in love with them. And maybe they were about to leave or they were about to do something that you was not in agreement with. And you were placed in a position where your button was pushed and you just came out with it and you said, he's like, I love you. You can see the way they freeze in their tracks or the, the way that they're stunned or shocked to hear those words come from your lips. Those are examples of when words come from a place of power because those words came out with intentions behind them and with a strong sense of belief behind those words and it was authentic it was real so whenever you're doing vain repetitions vain repetitions are words that basically are empty and don't mean anything it's almost like someone reading maybe a forecast or something or a traffic report Those words are empty and it's, it's meaningless to the individual that's saying it, especially if that individual is not in traffic or that individual is not in a position where they're affected by the situation. It's basically just reading. So when we come back, we're going to see what First Thessalonians is talking about because we see what Matthew 6 and 7 brought to the table. So stay tuned to No Pork and All Pearls as we return with tonight's verses, prayer verses, that is. <laughs> and we're back to No Pork and All Pearls. And tonight we're having a prayer verses challenge. Matthew's six verse seven and its opponent is first thessalonians five and seventeen 
in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 is very simple and it states, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, when it talks about praying without ceasing, if this was the case that you're supposed to pray without ceasing, it can be in direct contradiction of a misinterpretation of Matthew's 6 and verse 7, which says, do not use vain repetitions. Because many people look at the vain repetition parts about repeating things over and over and over again. If you were to play, pray without ceasing, I'm sure at some point in your heart, you're going to repeat some things that's in your heart. Because if it's inside of you, it's going to come out. And to pray without ceasing requires repetition at times. And in fact, when you pray and when you really understand what prayer is, you actually give power to your prayers the more that you recite them, the more that you say them. It's almost as if it's a mantra. It's almost as if it's what you would call affirmations. To affirm something, you have to affirm it again and again and again. The more you repeat something and the more you say things, the more your subconscious registers this thing. That's why it's really good to repeat affirmations repeatedly over and over again passionately because you want to feel it. You want your heart to be open when you say these things and you want your subconscious to be open to receive these things because as you affirm and you declare these things and you decree these things and you make these affirmations repeatedly, this is when you start to see these things take effect and you start to see these things manifest. We've had many episodes talking about the power of programming the subconscious and allowing that subconscious to make things happen in your life. So this is what organized religions such as the Jewish individuals, the ones who are Catholics, they call them Eastern Orthodox churches, those members, they repeat things repeatedly. They make ritual confessions. They repeat the Lord's Prayer, the Catholics that is. So repetitions are not bad. Repetitions are not something that you don't want to partake in. It's actually something that you 
should partake in and it's something that you should do. And the way in which you do these things or the spirit in which you do them, meaning the mindset, the way that you think about them, your thought process with these things, which helps to help to tie into the power of these prayers because when you actually putting your thoughts together and then when you add them along with your emotions and your feelings, emotions is energy and motion. When you start putting your feelings behind it because you actually start to feel what it is that you're saying, that you've been thinking, this is when you're really creating something strong and something powerful along with the proper energy of the planet. And I speak about the energy of the planet is because Tonight we have a full moon and we have a lunar eclipse going on. And the power is just so right for manifestation. Of course, when you're dealing with full moons, you're dealing with times of release. And you're letting go of things that no longer serve you, things that don't work for you. You're releasing yourself of these things. And you must be willing and able to release these things because you can't bring new things in while you're holding on to old things that's no longer serving you. So this is why you must learn how to release and you release when it's time to release. Every week you have a seven day cycle and during the seven days, you have weekly work that you should be doing and, and that you should be performing within your life. Things trying to test and trying to see what it is that's working for you and making notes of the things that's not working for you. Sometimes things are not in alignment with your frequency and with your energy. And sometimes your energy is not in alignment with what it is that you're desiring. And sometimes you have to do work on yourself to get your energy in the right place. You know, energy work is key and is vital to keep your energy right. And when you're dealing with energy work, you're dealing with different auras and you're dealing with different, some people call it angels, but the angels are basically angles or different degrees. And some of the degrees of light or some of the degrees that you will be using is faith. Faith is a degree your Christ consciousness, your consciousness is a degree, your love, love is a degree, your ability to feel, your compassion, that's a degree. So you have all these different degrees. Hope, hope is a degree. And these are all basically angels 
are they represented as angels when you're looking at your text, the ancient text or whatever? They said that this angel came and appeared or whatever. These angels are just basically degrees of light. And it's also equated with things like what I just mentioned, like hope. Hope entered in. Faith entered in. Compassion entered in. Love entered in. And you use these things along with your thoughts. You know, these feelings or these angels or whatever, angels of light come in and they work along with your thoughts because the way that you're feeling along with the thoughts that you have create your intentions of when you use them. Many times, sometimes we we can do harm unintentionally because of the way that we feel. And if you're not careful, you can do something to harm others. For example, when you are basically insulting someone's intelligence, you insulting their intelligence in an uncompassionate way because you feel like you just need to let them know about themselves because this individual is, do is doing some dumb stuff and you just got to let them know. And you don't care how they feel about it. You just got to get it out. Well, sometimes that approach does more harm than good because it's based on where an individual is, how they're going to be able to receive what it is that you have for them. And sometimes when we are trying to intervene in someone's lesson, we basically retort or retard their growth process because we interfere with their lessons. Sometimes they have to go through things to bump their head in order to realize that, dang, I don't need to go that way no more because I keep bumping my head. But if you continue to prevent them from bumping their head and you jump in the way, you stopping them from their growth process and from them learning. So your intentions are good because you don't want them to harm themselves. However, the lesson was not designed to harm them. The lesson was designed to teach them. And although they was going to feel a little pain from bumping their head, the pain was not going to take them out. Whereas them not learning their lesson could be their demise and could cause them to be taken out. For instance, all these individuals who have not been in a position where they've had to use their mind to think and to be able to use critical thinking, you're seeing the results of that now. Individuals are being misled easily. Anyone can tell them anything and they're listening as long as they got like some type of a position or title behind their name. And they listen to them blindly because they're trained to just listen to folks. They're, they're not trained to think. They're not trained to use critical thinking, meaning to analyze what it is that they're hearing and to reference it, what they're hearing, to do their own research, to cross-reference these things.
You know, many individuals don't do that. They just basically hear something. And nowadays, it's either on the internet or the social media or the news. If, if they hear it on there, it's gospel. It's the truth. So, and that's dangerous. It's dangerous because you should question everything. You should question everything. Everything should be questioned. That's why it was a scripture that was saying, if ye be as a little child, then ye can seek the kingdom of heaven. Or you, you, you shall find the kingdom of heaven. Or you shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know? But it was basically talking about their inquisitive nature. The inquisitive nature of a child. Because they question everything. And until we learn to start questioning everything, we're not going to be able to make it far. We're going to continue to be misled. And sometimes we're misled by individuals who have good intentions. And their intentions are not to mislead us. But there's another scripture that talks about the blind man following another blind man and they both fell in the ditch. If the blind leads the blind, then they all perish. But the reason the second individual perishes is because if anyone should know the traits of a blind individual, it should be another blind individual. If the individual that's been leading you, if you've been leading yourself and you've been bumping into a wall and then you are following someone and you're still bumping into a wall, that should let you know that they don't know any better than you know because you're still getting the same results. So maybe you shouldn't be following anyone. Maybe you should allow the ancestors to enlighten you and to guide you so that you can be able to make informed decisions of your own. And you can't make informed decisions if you don't have the right, if you don't have the right knowledge. This is why knowledge is power. Knowledge is power because you can do anything if you know how to do it. If you know how to do something, you can get it done. Even if physically you're not able to do something, if you know how to do it, you can find someone who is able to do it and you can teach them how to do it and you can get it done and you still will be able to achieve what it is that you're trying to achieve from the situation. And that comes with knowledge, right knowledge. So you tell me tonight's versus challenge. We had Matthew 6 verses 7. Vain repetitions, and we have First Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. Are they contradictory? Are they conflicting with each other? Stay tuned to No Pork and All Pearls, and we'll be back with the recap. And we're back to no pork and all pearls. And tonight we had the prayer versus challenge. And we're doing the recap now. The recap is sometimes verses that individuals think are contradictions really aren't contradictions. 
It's just because the understanding is not there of the verses and what they're saying. In fact, both verses are in agreement. Both verses are basically stating the same thing. In Matthew, in Matthew 6 and 7, it's basically saying to not do like the heathens and to not use empty prayers or saying that your words and the things that you're using, don't let them just be words to try to impress others or just to try to deceive others or to manipulate others or whatever it is that you're trying to do with those words. If it's not what you're feeling, if you're not being true to yourself or you're not keeping it real, then it don't matter what it is that you're saying. No matter if you say them a million times, if those words don't have any feeling behind it, then it's vanity, it's vain. And in Thessalonians, it talks about praying without ceasing, meaning being being persistent, being consistent. And you do it until you see something. You do it until you see results. It's not a thing that you just say maybe one or two times and you just be done with it. If it's something that you truly desire, you go at it any time and every time you feel that you need to say it. Anytime you want to affirm it, anytime you feel you need to affirm anything, you should make those affirmations. So you should always be willing to focus on what it is that you want and what you desire and allow it to come through. And, that, and that's for anything. Any situation that you find yourself in, you have the power to utilize your ability to pray or your ability to create. We are creators. And you create things starting in your mind and in your heart. You create them there first. And you visualize it. You come to a place where you can see what it is in your mind that you're trying to create. And then you will eventually see it on a physical plane. But it takes place first in the mind and in the heart. So I really hope that many of you are grasping what I'm saying when I'm talking about this concept. And it's because many people think that they have to settle for a lot of things that they see in their life or things that's happening, they don't think that they have any type of control. And really and truly, the reason why many of us have not had control is because we've relinquished our control to others. And we must take our control back. We must take control back. Control of our own destinies, control over our own situations. And you first do that by being responsible. Be responsible for the place where you find yourself in because you've allowed yourself to be in that place. Whether it's from your actions or your inactions, 
And once you understand that, then you have to start doing the work to remove yourself from that situation and to place yourself into a better, desirable situation. And it's possible. It is definitely possible. You can definitely do it. And we must also make ourselves a part of the solution. Make yourself of service to the planet, service to humanity, service to some cause that's greater than yourself. We all know that time or the illusion thereof of time is going to come to an end for us in these physical shells or bodies or whatever you call it that we find ourselves in. That's inevitable. It's going to happen. These physical bodies will pass away because anything that has a begin date will have an end date. Anything that has a begin date will have an end date. So your spirit is timeless. Your spirit is your piece of God. Your soul, rather. Your soul, brother. Your soul is timeless. And your spirit, which is your breath, that's timeless as well. Those things shall never pass away. They shall always be in existence. But your physical body is going to pass away. This is going to happen. It's inevitable. But we must utilize the time in which we have to the best of our abilities and we need to make our time count we need to make the most out of it so i want to encourage you all to continue to do your work continue to do the things that is impressed upon your heart to do follow your intuition Follow your intuition. Whatever it is that you're being urged to do, as long as it's not something that's harming someone else or as long as it's not something that's going to harm yourself, I want to urge you to explore. Become explorers again. The ancestors was explorers. They were constantly observing things, constantly testing out things, constantly seeking things and discarding the things that did not work and things that were no good, releasing things as well. We must get back to those things. And anytime when you are passionate about a problem, that's an indicator that you may be an individual that's designated to come up with a solution. Because if it's bothering you, then maybe you're supposed to be a part of the solution. So let's start making efforts to become a solution. And as we learn lessons, we should be trying to find ways to teach these lessons. And you teach those lessons when those opportunities come to teach them. The universe will provide you with opportunities to teach. Many people be like, well, I can't find no one to teach you. you know, I got this information, but 
you know, nobody seems to want to learn it. Well, when the student is ready, the teacher shall appear. You know, you have to be patient. You have to have this information and you need to master this information that you have. So when the opportunity does present itself, you will be able to speak on it in an intelligent manner or in an effective way. And a good teacher is an individual that can meet the student where they are and is able to relay the information in a way in which that individual needs it. That's what a good teacher does. And if you don't have anyone to teach, then maybe that's an indicator that you should be writing a book, doing a documentary, teaching classes online maybe. Maybe post you some videos or something and teach some lessons. You know, whatever it is that you have an unction for. You know, don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything stop you from being your best represent representation of you. And be true to you. Be who you were created to be. Don't allow others to dictate to you who you should be. And in these times, the times that we're in right now, I want to encourage you to do whatever you have to do, but know that you have to change. Do whatever it is that you have to do, but know that you have to change. What do I mean by that? Change is inevitable. We're supposed to always be evolving. If you're not evolving, you're devolving. You understand what I'm saying? So if you're not getting better, then you're getting worse. So always seek to find a way to be better. You know, so whatever you are doing right now, if that's what you have to do to survive, do what you got to do to survive. But know that if you want to evolve, you eventually going to have to make some changes. And if you're doing things that you're forced to do right now that you not, don't like to do, find ways in which you can evolve to where you don't have to do those things. Find people that are doing things at a higher level than you and learn from them. See what they're doing so that maybe you can not have to either be in such uncomfortable positions or do things that you don't want to do. Find a way where you don't have to do those things. Because if you're doing things that you don't want to do, then you're suppressing who you truly are. This is the time to release those things that no longer serve you and those things that are not you. You have to remove those garments that are not yours. And you have to put on the garments that are you. This is the time for you to live your best life. And this is the time for you to figure out what that best life is for you. Not what mama told you, not what daddy told you, not what husband told you, not what wife told you. It's time to do what it is that you've been created to do and who you are. Be who you are. And understand, too, that you are a part of a greater scale or a grander scheme of things. It's not just you here. There are millions and millions and trillions and trillions of more people here. So if you want to have a legacy, do something that's going to outlive you. Don't just live for the moment. 
live for generations to come and make this situation a better situation for someone else than it was when you came. And I know that you can do it and you will do it. But thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode. And I'll be back with this week's Ancestral Archive. And we're back to this week's Ancestral Archive on No Pork and All Pearls. And this week, we're going to talk about Tutmosis III. Tutmosis III. Menkefer Tutmosis III was the son of Tutmosis II. And upon the death of his father, he ascended the throne in 1504 B.C. At the approximate age of 10, for 20 years, his stepmother, who was also his aunt, Queen Pharaoh Mekari, Hatshepsut served as his co-regent. The date of Thutmose III's reigns are variously provided by different historians. Egyptologists and anthropologists, although Thutmose theoretically ruled co-regently with Queen Hatshepsut, most documentations list his dates of reigns from the time he ascended the throne as a child in 1504 B.C. until his death in 1450 B.C. Tutmosis III was one of the kings of the New Kingdom period and a member of the 18th dynasty, the last period of Egyptian greatness, in which the ancient empire reached its zenith. This period was marked by the establishment of a legal code, the building of magnificent temples, and the great military conquest of Tutmosis the third. The 18th dynasty is the greatest of all Egyptian dynasties, and Tutmosis III is considered by many as his greatest pharaoh. So, go out of your way to do your research and to learn a little bit more about Tutmosis III, who reigned from 1504 BC to 1450 BC. So thank you once again for tuning in to No Pork and All Pearls. And I really appreciate your support and I appreciate you passing this information to others. And join me again next week, next Friday at 7, when we'll come with a new episode. But until then, I just want to leave you with peace, love, and shalom.